With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. It makes really excited noises. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Edward. Do you agree to participate in this research interview? Yes, I agree. Do you consent to the audio recording of our conversation? Uh, yes, I do give my consent. And do you prefer to be assigned a pseudonym to be used in place of your real name on all documents or recordings, or do you give us your consent for your real name to be used in this research? No, you have my consent to use my real name. Okay. Um, please feel free to ask for any clarification during the interview. There are three main themes that we're going to cover um, with a set of questions in each. Um, and feel free to elaborate on any question, idea, or topic you would like to address like more thoroughly. Um, it's more of like a conversation than a direct interview, um, hopefully. And the topics and questions are just kind of guidelines to talk about what you think is important to discuss. Okay. So let's start um, just by getting to know you and your role at Philicam while also like getting a broader understanding of how you and your organization are defining media literacy. Um, so if you could just start with like your title and department and your responsibilities. Sure, sure. And you, and you can hear me okay? Yes. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. Sorry, um, I've been talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am, because I have you on, on speaker, it's easier for me to kind of do this this way. Right. Um, so yeah, so I'm the membership and outreach director here at Philly Cam, and I have worked here for six years now. And prior to uh, working for Philly Cam, I worked at uh, People TV in Atlanta um, for about I think it was a total of of six. It was eight years actually. Um, so and then and People TV was the community media center um, that that served the Atlanta community. So. Um, I have a long history, um, not as long as some others in our field, uh, but I do have quite a substantial um, background in, in doing this work. So, and I, I came up here to help um, actually get Philly Cam started, and it was um, Philly Cam was actually came about after a long struggle to get public access media in Philadelphia. Is that one of the last major cities to actually get to have public access television? And um, that all came about in 2008, and um, you know we officially went on there in 2009, and I came up here in in 2010. So since I've been here, I've had the pleasure to to help build out some of the educational services um, for for Philly Cam, and um, also like the membership services that we provide. Um, but my my primary role is um, it's pretty much it's like there's multiple things that are involved, but there, there are two main areas. One is developing relationships with nonprofit organizations who become members of Philly Cam. So we have an mm -hmm. organizational membership uh, structure here, and that could be any 
501c3, it could be a community group, it could be a church, it could be um, a collective of artists, it could be, um, you know, two concerned mothers on a block who wanted to address violence in the neighborhood. Um, so that's how we have uh, defined organization, uh, organizations here. And um, we provide a variety of services, um, production services for those groups to help them get their messages out. Um, on the other side of what I do is getting um, individual members oriented and, uh, you know, set up to, like, to learn and to produce content here at Philly Cam. So I'm responsible for all of the orientations, all of them, like, generating membership materials that communicate information about their benefits. Um, to It's like from that to all the way to there's sometimes where, honestly, I'm, like, coaching and counseling members, you know, to help them through their educational progress or navigate problems or, um, yeah, brainstorm about production ideas, you know, um, you know, there, there's, sometimes I feel like a guidance counselor, I say that to, to folks, you know, <laughs> but, um, but, but, but it's real, you know, um, sometimes I have to play Dean, you know, too, if, if there's people, members who are stepping outside or, you know, they're compromising the code of conduct that we, we hold here, you know, so I have to, I have to talk to them about that, you know, so, yeah, so that's, um, that's a bulk, bulk of my work. Some there's there there are some fun moments where I get to direct TV or I get to edit and shoot video, so I do have a um, background also in actually producing media content. So, um, but that's not my primary job. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. what I tend to do on a daily basis is more so administrative and more so like uh, relationship building with with organizations and individuals who come here. Yeah. Yeah. So could you talk to me a little bit about how you define media literacy and also like how your organization as a whole defines that? Yeah, I um I mean we don't have a one liner for <laughs> media literacy is for Philly Cam. Right. Uh, we don't <laughs> have that. But um to me I always think of um you know what someone who I worked with back in Atlanta had um how he defined media literacy which was actually, it's like people being, it's, it's, it's the demystification of how media is, is made and how content is created by, through this like learning process, you know. So it's through, you know, what, at one point I, I had this, um, you know, when I started off uh, working in this field, I primarily focused on like youth development work, so teaching and youth media work. So, um you know, I, I more so when I started, my my thoughts was like, oh, well, media literacy is it was more of a kind of a theoretical um, approach, which was, you know, oh, you know, young people in a critical critical approach. You know, young people, mm -hmm. we sit around and we we watch, you know, we look at different forms of media and we critique it, we analyze it, you know, through different lenses, and you know, we talk about the message. Um, there's there's that approach to it, but then there's also this other approach that's more of a like. I guess pragmatic, it's more something that's, you know, it's becoming literate, literate through practice, you know. Um, and I would have to say that, um, you know, we don't really provide, like Affiliacam, we have yet to provide any kind of, outside of our youth program, you know, we don't, for the adults, don't provide any kind of media literacy, like, trainings that, like, you know, where it's, we're sitting around and watching TV programs and critiquing and you know, um, it's not, not that, like, theoretical approach. Um, mm -hmm. 
but for so for us, I would say as a organ, broad organization, you know, media literacy that that happens here is it's it occurs through this making, you know, this making process. Um, and so people, when they take our studio production class, or they take, um, you know, they take the editing class, you know, going through that, they start to realize how um, the power um, of images um, and um, what you know what the impact has and you know, the, the, actually the power that they hold as individuals as being like authors, you know. So, so yeah, so I would say that's really kind of, that's how we view media literacy. Our youth program, on the other hand, which serves teens after school um, and their teen ages, well, it's teens and a little bit beyond the teenage years. So 13, you know, it's 14 to like 21. And mm -hmm. um, they actually have structured media literacy activities that, you know, where they're looking at, like, they're critiquing messages, um, and they're they're critiquing, like, visual images, you know, so. Right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, the first, like, real topic that we're moving on to um, is just exploring sort of the current goals and activities of media literacy programs. Um, so, if you could just talk about um, sort of the goals of um, the media literacy programs you do have, or maybe that's not like the most appropriate from what you just said, but like the goals of your program specifically and how that might relate or not like differ from media literacy programming. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I would say our number one goal here is um, is learning. You know, uh, at mm -hmm. least for me, it is and. Um, in the in the work that we do there there's this there's this um it's it's kind of like twofold there's like the edu there's the learning that happens here but then there's also like the content creation you know like the output and i think sometimes it gets a little um like blurred is the right word but sometimes when people you know they don't really know about what we do um people can tend to focus on the output and, 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 you know, particularly, like, when, when members come in and first join um, Philly Cam, I think people are more so motivated about, like, you know, there's an appeal to, like, oh, I can create my own TV show, or I can, you know, we have a, um, we also have a low-power radio station. So we're getting a whole other, like, new batch of people who are getting involved who are like, oh, I can create my own radio program, you know, my radio show. And so the focus, like, the carrot, you know, at the end of the stick is like, oh, I get to like put something out to the community. I get to create something that looks like X or Y or Z or whatever. Um, I have this dream that I can like, I can realize here. Um, I, I, from my experience, say that a lot of people are driven by that. But then there's a percentage of people, uh, um, probably a smaller percentage of people that maybe they're more so driven by like that they just want to learn. You know, they, they're really kind of concerned about that. Um, I think for us internally, it's more so, or again, I have to, I mean, I'm really, really speaking for myself. I mean, we've been talking this through, but it's really so much, it's more so about, yeah, what people are learning here, you know, and of course we want them to, you know, they have to produce content, um, to, to go on our channels and, uh, but it's like, where does the value get placed is the, is the question. And, you know, and mo most times it's like the value is placed on like the learning that happens, you know. 
so I, 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 you know, the goals in like our classes, so um, that we offer on a regular basis. So we have like editing classes, we have TV studio production, we have sometimes we do specialized classes in like lighting and audio. We also have a, um, you know, fill various film production classes, you know, but the the two goals, you know, and that is 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 it's not so much about people learning how to produce um, very polished content, um, even though we want them to strive to do mm -hmm. that, but it's really just about how they gain some fundamental skills to, like, communicate, you know. And so I think that's where um, and how they can, they can craft messages or how they can communicate ideas, how they can, um, you know, respond to things that are happening in the community, you know. So that's... Yeah. That's the, that's that's us. So our goal, all that to say, is like making them. They're like active participants, you know, in terms of not just being, you know, to tie it into media literacy. They're not just like passive consumers. They're like active creators and consumers, you know. Um, right. So yeah. So that's, and then there's also attached. There's this other, um, like, and this is something I'm like really fascinating and actually looking forward to like studying um, more down the road. Um, is is there's this there's a social cultural learning that's happening too here, you know, and I don't think it gets talked about as much, and um, and that's you know people learning how to like collaborate and work together and and and, and really immerse themselves like help develop this like community culture, you know, that's like based on being active you know, media makers and consumers, you know, if that makes any mm -hmm. sense. So, um, yeah, because a lot of people, we have people who come here and they, they that, um, who in other circumstances would normally, like, not, you know, we've got people who, who lived in Philadelphia their entire lives and um, they've come here and, like, have connected with people and other people who've lived in Philadelphia for their whole life, you know, and and, and told us, like, you know, I would never, if it wasn't for Philly Cam, I would have never, like, known this person or known that we, or thought that we had some something in common, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so there's there's this other, you know, there's this, there's this awareness, this, like, social cultural awareness, too, that happens in our space, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did you talk about how um, your students, uh, find out about your programs? Like, do you do advertising? And if so, like, how and where? Um, and sort of the demographics of the students in your program, like, including age, gender, race, socioeconomic, like, whatever um, is appropriate to your mm -hmm. organization. Mm -hmm. I would say, hands down, people find us about, find out about us um, by word of mouth. And, and, um, you know, in my experience working in this field, that's pretty much, that's like traditional. <laughs> that's pretty mm -hmm. much, that's common. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, another a part of the community media, like, tradition is that, you know, we've never, people have struggled to use their channels to, as their own, like, promotional outlets, you know. So, there, there's people that do. But um, mm -hmm. I know one thing here at Philly Cam is we're always trying to figure out, like, how can we be using our channel to, like, better promote um, what we do here, you know, our services and programs. So um, we have had people who um, 
who have found us and they've come to us because of they were flipping through the cable you know cable channels and and saw some information on the guide that like excited them and they decided to come out to orientation and join and then next thing you know they're taking a class and also like producing content so there's 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 a, a percentage of that you know but yeah majority of people like hear 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 about us you know they come here for like word of mouth and um i think there is um a large portion of um well actually let me let me just start by let me say that we have our membership is is um we're over 600 members uh strong here which is a really, really nice size and we have um we offer individual memberships which is that's the bulk of of our member base you know um we also offer youth memberships and um we also offer the memberships for um youth youth memberships are offered at a discounted rate and we also have um you know student members and um we have so anybody who's in no matter what age you are if you're in a accredited program and can prove prove that um through ID you know we'll give you a student membership and then we have a senior membership um mm -hmm. those are like those types of 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 members and hold on one let me see actually i i'm not going to give i i want to look i'm trying to look at my dashboard here um to give you a better idea that breakdown yeah so i mean oh, 557 um, people are individuals, indiv active individual memberships mm -hmm. uh, here at Philly, Philly Cam. I would say about um, a good, like maybe 40% maybe of that are like, like truly active, you know, mm -hmm. uh, meaning that they're here on, um, and then that number may, yeah, no, about Somewhere around thirty and forty percent are like turning in content. They're taking classes. They come through the space on a regular basis. You know, um, so yeah. So that's that. That's that's where we are with individuals. Like students, there's like twenty nine. Uh, seniors, there's forty three um, members, and then youth, which is ages fourteen to twenty one, there's like twenty five. Um, and in our organizational membership, it hovers around like around a hundred um, organizations. So, yeah, we're I'm actually in the process of starting to do some more analysis of you know just just who our like our membership base gotten so big, um, and kind of like what what draws them to Philly Camp. But you know, in in orientation, I would say a majority of the people are um they are they're they're looking for this opportunity to um develop new skills in in this area you know um we have i would say a majority of our active members that come through the facility are um you know identify as um african american or black and mm -hmm. um the what are some other but it's it's interesting because of our orientation doesn't reflect that like our orientation is like it's very 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 diverse you know um you know where we i mean we have like yeah yeah we it's it's the representation is is pretty impressive you know um what I'm curious to learn about more is like 
how it how it shifts from like the representation, the diverse representation that I see at orientation to like what I see on a regular basis, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so some of the common, um, I, I guess I'll give you. So I uh, said so one common, one one popular way or popular um, motivator is that yeah, people are wanting to to acquire new skills, and um, these are people who have they're transitioning from. They may have been in a career in their uh, for for a while, and they're looking to like transition. And they've made they've mm-hmm. always wanted to like explore media. They want to do something like this, and they didn't necessarily go to college for it. And so this is an opportunity for them to like to see if this is something that they can, you know, do to be you know to to, to transition to as like a sustainable career. Um, we have people who have done this in college long time ago, but it wasn't, um, they never were able to, like, launch a career in it, and so they did something else, and now that we exist, they can, like, come back to this and, and explore it. Um, so, so yeah, so I think, and then we also have a group of, there's people who are producing on their own, but they are looking for access to, like, better equipment and better uh, production, like, for better space and to connect with people. You know, so that's a that's a huge one. It's like collaboration. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So those are kind of like the three three categories of of folks who come come to Philly Camp. Yeah. Um. Do you know, like, amongst your youth population, is there like a particular like, is there a school system that like has become like a place that those kids come from or um, is it again sort of like word of mouth is there like high are there any patterns of like high parental or low parental involvement like what do you know like what kind of youth become involved in the program yeah we have a lot of young people that are so we have several schools that are near Philly Cam and um, in fact it's one two three there's like there's four schools that are within a, I would definitely, like, 10-block radius of Philly Cam. Um, and so we have a, a number of youth that come from those schools where, I mean, we've done outreach. Like, we've gone to, you know, and knocked on the door and introduced ourselves and presented and everything. And, and it's actually taken, it's actually um, the, the fruit of some labor for, like, a like couple years of doing outreach to these schools. Um, so mm-hmm. we get, get them get them from there. Um, and then we also, yeah, it's like word of mouth, too, that it's, you know, we we send out information through the, um, through context, uh, through the, the school district. And, um, you know, we're, we've actually, the school district has like relaunched their television channel. And so mm-hmm. they're training students, but we're starting to work together to, um, so that that if there's young people that want to do some things that they may not be able to explore on the school district channel, like they can come over here. Um, so yeah, so we're starting to partner up that way. And um, our youth coordinator has really has really gotten on the ball, um, you know, with with attending like fairs, like school resource, like out of time uh, resource fairs. Out of what is it like? Out of school or uh, out of school time resource fairs. Um, so oh yeah. She goes to those and like you know hands out materials and talks to Philly Cam. Um, the and then the the other one other way is that 
we have organizations that join Philly Cam that have um, youth programs, and so we 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 partner with them, and we've you know come up with like specialized training activities and um, support them with like public service announcement, like content creation, and um, yeah, yeah, special you awesome. know, like, like special media projects, yeah. Yeah. Um, is there any like demographic of participant that your organization would like to engage more than you are currently? Um, and if there is, what are sort of the barriers that prevent that engagement? Yeah, I think one of the um, we've always say we would like to engage more people from Northeast Philadelphia, and so mm -hmm. um, which is referred to as the Great Northeast here, and. <laughs> It's a, we have a lot of people, um, I, I, you know, I really believe that we have a good balance. Um, we have a healthy balance of members from North Philly, um, South Philly, and West Philly. And, um, and, and just FYI, Philly's kind of defined in like as North Philly, South Philly, West Philly, and then the Northeast, like the great Northeast. Um, there's no like Eastern, Eastern, East Philly. That's, that's Camden, you know, so there's a river there. But, um, right. <laughs> you know, then there's, then there's Center City, you know. But in terms of, like, where people really live and where they come from, like, it's, it's yeah, we have a nice representation from, you know, the, the three points, you know. But the Northeast is this whole kind of thing, unto, even though it's it's a part of the city's, like, the, the district, like, the, it's in the jurisdiction of it, but it's like this whole other world. And we really are... We have some members that are from there, but we really don't. There's a large, like, uh, Eastern European um, community that's that's up in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. And so we really, um, you know, amongst many other um, immigrant communities, so we really want to we want to figure out some ways, like, um, I think we're really going to be putting some, well, we've started too, actually, now I think about it, like, put some effort into, like, getting contacts um, in the Northeast and going, I know Ariel is going out to a, um, Ariel, the youth, the youth coordinator, is going out to a resource fair up there, and um, so yeah, so that that's one. So every, you know, we have we have some good representation. I mean, we've been able to like engage um, on a real on a basic level. A lot of um, a lot of communities. I think that in and I'm speaking uh, based on my experience working in like other nonprofits. Um, so like you know other nonprofits that I've worked in that were really struggling to like reach out to and have connect like like those demographics of people who are under like traditionally up underrepresented um, in like these these like in big nonprofit space and medium sized nonprofit spaces. Uh, I I think we we've done exceptional at that you know and I think one thing that has helped us is because this is a resource that hasn't been around for a long time and people are really seeing its relevance. So, you know, we've got some, some great, you know, we, we ties with, um, and then this is really on a basic level, like it's, 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 it's a nice foundation that, that we're building on basically, um, you know, with the, the, with the Asian American and the Southeast Asian communities here. Um, we had a, uh, there was somebody actually just called me the other day that's um, that's representing that's with the um, that's in a Haitian community in South Philadelphia that is uh, interested in getting a radio program. Um, we have 
you know, we we've got a, a nice relationship working with um, the um, with disability and independent um, living advocates here in the city. So they've they're coming in, and we've uh, we've created a couple like roundtable like um, shows with them, and they they produce some of their own programs. But we're we're continuing to figure out how they can produce um, content to raise awareness about. Um, you know, people who are who are living with disabilities but striving to be like live in an independent situation. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the LGBT community. Um, you know, we 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 have several organizations. We do a lot um, with the William Way Center. Um, you know, and even like Health and Human Services, like Philadelphia Fight. So um, you know, it's a big Health and Human Service organization in Philadelphia. Um, that that we partner with, yeah. So we have a really, really nice like reach, you know, um, mm -hmm. in terms of like serving like the major communities that that make up like Philadelphia's like demographics. So and I mean, you know, not I mean, youth is another one. So yeah, yeah. But, uh, it, it's 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 pretty impressive if I if I say so myself, you know. Yeah, you guys are like right downtown too, right? You're like yeah, we're we're right in the right street. down the block from Liberty Bell. <laughs> yeah, we're right around the corner from the Liberty Bell, so we're which is has been huge. Um, so to to be that accessible, you know, um, yeah, we have, we have a we have a uh, street front. You know, our our the, the our front office is like on the the street is on Seventh Street, um, which is right around the corner from like Market Street, which is a major arterial. In Philadelphia, like Market and Broad are the two major arterials. Um, yeah, and so you can by bus, by train. Um, you know, it's 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 very easy um, to get to get to us. And I think that's another um, that's another thing that's helped us really be um, to have like such a diverse like membership. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm from right. I'm originally from like right outside Philly, like between Philadelphia and Lancaster. So oh, gotcha. I've like, I've I'm like, oh, I probably walked past you guys. Before. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, could you talk about um like any ways that you feel that your program is unique um in the way that it approaches like media literacy education or um media education uh training and things like that yeah i think one um one thing that really makes us unique is that the majority of the staff are media makers you know uh and i've i've been to a lot of other public access uh television just community media centers where that's not the case where mm -hmm. um you know most folks are coming from like you know other arts and culture organizations or they're like administrative they're not really like media makers and educators that are operating the facility and i think that makes a difference in terms of how we have created our curriculum developed our curriculum and mm -hmm. even how we coach members along the way um you know speaking of coaches we actually hired a um someone who's Title is the is a production coach, and mm -hmm. so her primary role is to um, help members when they they get into situations, you know, to to get help them navigate like stumbling blocks, and um, you know, editing is a big one. So um, so yeah, so she's she helps people with coming up with production plans, and um, you know, really thinking thinking um, 
you know, being aware of, like, how they're going to carry out, how they're going to realize their vision, you know, um, which even to me is is a form of literacy, you know. Like, there's a, there's a lot of folks who have these, they have these these nice, wonderful ideas, you know, and um, that brings them in the door. But then it's another thing for them to like fully understand, like step by step, what the process is, you know. So we take a lot of time, you know. So people are learning that when they go through our class and trying to, you know, create content. Uh, and then we spend a lot of time. Like I, I outline an orientation, and Marie, who's the production coach, she follows up with people with yeah. Helping people understand like what the what the process is, you know. But Marie is a is a media maker and so that that gives her a whole it's a different insight, you know, like she she speaks from experience. And when I talk to members one on one about to like, you know, give them a little coaching, I'm speaking from my own experience, you know, of, of being mm -hmm. a content maker, you know. So, um so yeah, yeah, we we totally I think that's one that's just like one thing that um that sets us apart. And um, another thing that I think makes us unique is our our attention to like the membership, like the development of the membership culture here, you know, um, is is something that we, you know, we, we really value in terms of like member engagement um, and in terms of like, what people learning are learning and and how people are like collaborating and like building lasting relationships in the space like that's that's an important thing to us you know yeah yeah is there anything else you'd like to like talk about in your current goals and activities before we move on to sort of the next topic um no that's that's it for now I'll let cool. you, anything else that comes to mind yeah, absolutely. So the second topic is focused on understanding where community community media centers, schools, and public libraries might share experiences and resources to work together to promote media literacy in the community. Um, could you tell me about how your organization has or might possibly in the future share experiences and resources um, across like different organizations um, and institutions, um, and if there's any kind of particular um, like infrastructure or personnel um, or anything else that could be important or helpful to like develop those um, those partnerships, I guess. Like what like what would be fruitful? Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I got a lot here, so I'm just kind of making like a note. <laughs> Go for it. Um, so what what institutions? You said libraries? And yeah, libraries or schools or like similar sorts of organizations. If there's an organ a kind of organization we haven't thought of, like definitely you talk about that too. Okay. Yeah, we um yeah, and I, I you know, I don't know if this is something that also makes us unique, but we really we really do a good job at um 
at, at doing just this. Like, I think of um, figuring out how to collaborate with other large-scale institutions in the community. And um, I think the one thing that has really helped us um, in, in that area is, like, participating in, like, local, like, coalitions. Um, you know, in mm -hmm. fact, like, Philly Cam came to be because of the work of a coalition. So as I had said earlier, that 27-year fight was led by a coalition of artists, community activists, organizers, um, you know, people that were really concerned about the public's ability to be able to um, create their own media content um, to in learn and communicate uh, for the mm -hmm. purposes of improving the community. Um, so, yeah, so coalitions have really, like, helped us partner with a lot of, um, you know, would, would build relationships with the library. Um, and, um, you know, we've also, uh, as I mentioned, we have the partnership with the school district. That's like, that, that, that relationship is growing. Um, and that's through the, um, you know, through the actual school district's channel. We, we, we have a, a actual good network with um, a good relationship with the, the new station manager who's there. And then one of the, Top um, the, uh, the the like department superintendents at the school district um, is also one of our board members. We have a mm -hmm. uh, person from one of our newer board members is also from you know is a high up in the free free library you know the Philadelphia Free Library. So um, so that's <clears throat> I think that's been the key thing that's helped us build those you know um, participating in coalitions, but then also getting some of the like top decision makers involved in the leadership of our organization um, has has helped uh, facilitate those, yeah, those relationships. In particular, uh, we have a, um, the, the one thing that we're really working uh, with the, the library right now is um, we got a, a, a night, night grant, uh, night foundation grant to pilot a program at, um, I think it's two branch, um, two library branches. And Basically, we we sent out a trainer, um, and we would provide some equipment, some resources to uh, mm -hmm. to help people in the community um, to go to that branch to create some media content that's in response to community issues. You know, so for mm -hmm. the idea, you know, it's, it's a it's a form of outreach through production. You know, so if those people if they can't make it to Philly Cam, you know, they can come to their branch and they can work with somebody, get some support um, to actually to make some some type of media content. And the really, there's a really nice synergy that's growing uh, through this this project. Um, and in fact, one of the libraries I believe we're going to be branches we're working in, and we emphasized this when we met with the uh, free library staff, um, is, is out in the Northeast because they were like, well, where do you want to mm -hmm. go? Like, well, we can't reach people in the Northeast, so how about we work on that? Um, so in, in that dialogue, we also learned from the Free Library that they're developing these, um, they're like these uh, neighborhood councils, and I'm not quite sure if that's the correct term, but that's the concept, is like where people who are like leaders and concerned citizens in, the, um, in that area, they can meet up at the library and talk about on a regular basis and, and, and address like community issues and, and come up with solutions. 
so um, one of the things that I've learned, through, you know, through doing outreach work is that you have to identify and connect with those key people in the community. If you're going to do any work with the, with with helping communities tell their stories or to, to help them, you know, people who want to learn in those communities, you want to connect to those folks. Like you have to find and build a good relationship with the with those those key folks, you know, and um, you know those like ambassadors or community connectors or however you want to um, identify them. But um, so it was really really pleasant. We were sitting in this library, this meeting with the free library, and they were like, "Oh, we're developing these councils," and um, we're, we're like, "So that we're basic. They're they're not they're not leading them, but they're basically holding a space and and where people can come in and and develop that, you know, from the, from within the community." So we were like, "Wow, this is an excellent opportunity for us to like to also attach to that." Um, the mm -hmm. other other really nice the benefit with um, us partnering with the library too with this project is that you know the people who are, the the librarians who are in, in the branches are of course like overwhelmed with just their daily their their daily workloads and, and serving the communities um, how they normally do. Um, but they are interested in having like expanding media services that um, that are offered through their branch, and so this is a way for us to like fulfill that need, you know. Um, so I think that was the that's like the biggest appeal with the um, with the grant. So the idea is that if we um, based on you know the the we're piloting um, for the next year, we're going to pilot the program in two two branches. And um, you know, if all goes well, then I foresee us putting in a larger proposal to expand the project idea. You know, but you know, in, in libraries, um, and this is in particular, are very they're ideal partners um, for us because of um, based on you know providing the public access to information. You know. Um, we have there. There's a common. There's a very that that that's a common factor for for us, you know, and um, and I think and we relate well on that, and um, because you know it's very serving serving the public is it it means it's something very particular, you know, um, and I think that we the live between libraries and community media centers and like rec centers and parks or whatever like we serve the entire public you know and and that that means something completely different from like selecting what demographics and what privileges you know privileged people in the public you want to serve you know so mm -hmm. I, you know there i found that there's people who are like oh we're doing this for the community but it's like yeah but you're doing this for a select few in the community, you know, whereas community media centers, like in, in live, just like libraries and just like public hospitals, any kind of public, you know, we have to like figure out the best way that we can serve anyone that comes to our door, you know. So we really, really relate on that level, um, and I think it's still on that on that same level where organizations like Philadelphia Fight, which is a health and human services, they do AIDS AIDS awareness and HIV prevention. Um, they're, you know, they have also clinics, they have, um, they do, they have uh, key spots, which are like digital, you know, they, it's computer, they're computer labs that are accessible to the public. You know, we also relate, you know, 
on that level of like providing the the broader public like services, you know. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Um, were there any other? I'm trying to think of any other examples. Um, you know, other other areas where um, we've built relationships, and I think is uh, we've done some. I guess um, I don't know how you were describing it, but like this cross work or crossing over but it was working with social justice organizations, you know. Um and I that there are so organizations like Media Mobilizing Project, who we work um they're a member of Philly Cam and we they've they're been an ally. Um I'm trying to think of a few others. But they're they're a good example of they do more media justice work where they're they're the meat they're using they're creating content for um the purposes of advancing a particular social movement or to address um a a social issue um you know or a social political issue that exists in the community so mm -hmm. uh through well, working with media mobilizing projects they you know and they're the way that they create content but also they train people who so they work with a lot of people who are in these in grassroots movements they work with people who are organizers activists um but they train them to how to um to to affect this like to affect social change through this the media that they're making and through their through, through telling their stories you know and mm -hmm. working with groups like that like we've learned a lot like we don't necessarily don't do that work but it is um it is best. It's, it's definitely been um, like it. It informs us about like what some of the community meet needs are, and um, you know how to support or other organizations that are doing like social justice work. And I, I think it's there. There is a lot of um, there's a very there's a there's a an interesting. I think there's a unique way of like doing media literacy work through like a social justice lens, like through that social justice approach. Is, is kind of what I'm getting at, you know. So yeah, um, yeah. Which libraries, you know, that's not really so. Going to like the night that 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 project, the intention is not so much for that. It's I think it's a little bit broader in terms of like, oh well, you know, this is just it's an outlet for you to be to have a voice, you know, and then you, know, you can also get creative with it if you want to. But when we partner with social justice organizations, it gets it gets it's more focused. In terms of like, we want to craft messages, you know. So they have to understand how messages are crafted to say, okay, well, we want to be craft our message in this way because we want it to have this particular um, form of impact, you know. Yeah, you talked about. Um, so you like talked about like on the practical level, what like your partnerships with the libraries look like with um, like sending out the teams to the branches. What do the practically speaking like? What does your involvement with the social justice organizations look like? Um, with that, it's more so they use our channels to put up content that they create. So, like short mm -hmm. documentaries. Um, you know, they 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 get them up on Philly Cam on um, on, on cable, and um, they use our space to create content. Mm -hmm. and also, to have like these forums. And uh, mm -hmm. roundtable discussions to address issues, and think of you know. Th and then they also like learning um, learning skills. So we've collaborated. Well, we've we've taught classes 
uh, and I'm particularly I'm thinking of um, media mobilizing projects. So they they um they have a lot of people. Or they have a, they have a couple people on staff who have production skills, and mm-hmm. um, ma- majority of the people that they serve who are community organizers um, and, and, and and advocates. They they don't have uh, production skills, so they get trained and supported by you know the staff and a couple of volunteers. Um, but that's more of like most of those people they come from they like a back a documentary um, background. Mm-hmm. And media mobilizing project at one point they were like, well, we want to create actually like do a regular or a series of like a talk program that's in in a studio space. So mm-hmm. nobody in that organization had those skills so or they didn't have you know they also didn't have the um and they didn't have the resources for like the actual like studio so they're like we're going to come to philly cam and get trained on how to use their tv studio to produce Mm -hmm. yeah it was this this series called the spark and um you know there were a couple episodes where and um and it was really really nice you know where they they basically had there was there was studio conversations that happened. Um, they had people in their in volunteers from from their organization. They got trained on how to use our studio cameras. Then they also like rolled in. They would edit in or roll in the um, like short documentary or short um, field packages that were produced. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah. So that's one thing that I found um, that. That on a, I guess that practical level, like how we we um, we work together, how they utilize our resources. Um, and, you know, I go to. I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, but I go to um, Allied Media um, in Detroit every summer. And mm-hmm. particularly last year, what was so surprising to me was that all of the people who there's a lot of community organizers and activists that, um, and you know, political educators that attend. Um, that attend, attend the conference, and there were a lot of people that we did this, we call it like a pop-up community media shop, and there were mm-hmm. a lot of people who came to us that had these very, um, that fundamental questions about like technology, like about production tools, and what mic should I use, or is this tablet good for this, or if I'm doing audio, if I want to create a podcast, like what do I need to do? Like, so there that right there was evident of like our the value of like our existence and our knowledge you know mm-hmm. we've had that you know that that's you know media mobilizing there's been other groups like um galay which is um they do a lot of like um queer latino um advocacy work you know have come to us and like how like we want to do this thing and we produce it in our office um but like how can philly cam help us like make this look better or, like, improve our mm-hmm. access to space and equipment, you know. Um, but then at the same time, what's interesting, what's, what's happening, and I, I'm speaking from my personal experience, is when these groups, they come to work with us, like, I, I learn, and I'm, 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 I'm thinking it's safe to say that a lot of other people here, too, in our organization, we start to learn about the issues that are, are important to those, that community and the mm-hmm. way that people are talking about things, like, language that they're using to address issues how they're critiquing and analyzing um, political structures that exist in the community. Um, you know, all of that's happening, you know. 
And I think that there's, so there's this kind of like, there's this cultural literacy that's happening on our end, you know, when mm -hmm. we work with these like grassroots uh, social justice organizations. And I, I really, that's something I really appreciate because I'm like, I don't, I don't really identify and I don't with that and I don't really, you know, on my own, like go into those, those spaces, but I definitely value them. Um, and I think we're always trying to figure out a way of like, how can we come together? They, they educate us about particular things and then we, how can we educate them about, yeah, communicating, you know, <laughs> messages. Yeah. Um, could you talk about, do you, have you experienced any specific like challenges in working to share experiences or resources with these other organizations, like be it schools or libraries or communities um, interested in similar programs, but like maybe like any logistical issues or like differences in goals or anything like that? Yeah, I think the one thing is like capacity. Um, which is probably a, I guess a popular response, but yeah, folks that just you know there's the there's the the will and interest to to partner, but it's just it's the question of like, well, who's going to do this? Oversee the partnership work. Um, mm -hmm. That tends to be become a struggle. Um, also, you know, you have transitions in leadership, you know, but it mm -hmm. really it really is so it's it's. One one ongoing challenge is like you know yeah folks are like hey it would be great for us to work with you all or to do this or that but who's going to do the work so that's why we we provide production services we rely on interns um, to help facilitate um, particular projects and um, you know another another thing is challenges is. is Sometimes it takes us um, a little while to uh, build a relationship because of the organization has, you know, they have to go through a process of, you know, not not just figuring out who's going to like steer the work, but also like who is going to like how is it going to um, fit into and benefit really what they're they're already doing, you know, um, mm -hmm. and it's like what what makes this this worthwhile, you know. And um, and, I, and I'm I'm you know there was a group the you know Asian Arts Initiatives I'm I'm thinking of in particular where it's been like you know we've we've been working on we've partnered on on some you know we've had events over at their space and they've had content um some of they have a youth program and so we've had some of the their youth projects that are that have aired on Philly Cam. But we still, I think, have a ways to go. Um, and there's many other organizations. I think, and even like William Way Center, um, that that serves the LG, LGBTQ community here in Philadelphia. Like we're we're still like figuring out, like, all right, well, what what is what is what's the best what's the best thing for us to do together? You know, mm -hmm. um, and, and and on on a on a consistent basis because I think. There's mutual interest there, but we just haven't found it yet. Like, what's the thing that? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. It's it would be great if you all could just do this. Like, we could do this together, like once a year or maybe quarterly or whatever. You know, whether it be a screening or whether it's train a group of young people to like create content. I don't, yeah, we still sometimes sometimes for um it, it's 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 easy for like some organizations come to us and it's easier for us to identify what those needs are and how to meet them. But then there's other times where it's like it can take years, you know. Mm -hmm. But we we do eventually get there. 
Yeah. Great. So for our last topic, can you kind of talk about um, what you perceive the impact of your program to be um, and if there's any sort of like both like expected and unexpected effects of the programs um, that your organization runs. Um, yeah. Uh, is, is this like a, like with like internal impact like within our members or? Yeah, I think on the on like the community that you've been serving. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. I I think the. Um, I mean, for me, what's that? Go ahead. Sorry, I said I know we covered some of this before. This might be a little bit of overlap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so for me, I definitely can start for like to say, for myself, like what I'm always interested is how does this actually have an impact on people's health? You know, and like. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about on a real, like, basic level of doing this because, and I'm, I'm, I say this because I get the feedback from a lot of members. It's like people come here to feel good, you know, and people mm-hmm. take classes to feel good about themselves. And, like, it's it's a confidence booster. It's a, you know, we have, being that we serve, like, the broader public, you know, we have a lot of people who have been told no a lot of times a lot of other places, and mm-hmm. they, they come to us and we say, yes, it's like bling, like there is a chorus and like bright light, you know, that happens. Yeah. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's there is something to be said about that, you know, and there's, there we've, we've got folks who have come through the door who've had very, have had low confidence, um, and but they've had a high enough interest and curiosity about this, that it got them through the door and it got them to sign up for a class. And once they'd gone through the class and they they started to connect with other people, they they, they their confidence is like built. It's like it's developed um to 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 where they're like coming through on a regular basis and they're working with other folks to yeah, to like to communicate, you know? Um and when I say communicate, I mean that in like communicating interpersonally with other folks, and then also communicating by participating on making a TV program, um, or now mm-hmm. like a radio program. So for me, that is like that's something that I'm I'm always I'm always interested in, and I see it happening. You know, um, you know, we we one of the this like story favorite stories that I like to I always tell is um, we had. We had like a seven-year-old grandmother. Um, it was actually one of one of several who <laughs> who have um, come through this and told me similar stories. But you know, we've had one who was like flipping through the channels one night and and came across and saw Philly Cam and was curious about what it was and saw that she could take a class here. Had high doubts about was very doubtful in being able to do this, but she did it anyway. And and now she is like here like almost like every week and she runs camera you know she runs audio like and she's like good friends with a lot of our active members here you know so mm-hmm. really got connected to a community and developed some skills in a way that was totally um they were pleasantly surprising to her you know 
and uh and and you know she's not the only one like that that comes through the door so and I think a majority of the people who come through we see here on a weekly basis they fall into that category you know and they come here um for that on a broader community level um you know and that's something that I see that 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 type of transformation that happens internally you know with our members and particularly people who come into the space. And I always emphasize too that it's like Philly Camp occupies a very unique space in the community, um, and, and and we know this because people tell, like our members tell us this. You know, they're like they come here because they like to they like to be here and they like to learn here and they like to um, collaborate with people here. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that's that's there's impact there internally. On the broader scope, I guess we, you know, we really. Um, we really strive to like make sure that we have more and more content that is like community driven um that that's that's put on put that's that's distributed through our channels you know and through our radio station and um so to fill that void because of you know there are there's not a lot of media um even you know Philadelphia is an active you know media town it's a major market but there still is a very low amount of locally generated content here um, that mm-hmm. we can view, you know. Um, the affiliates, you know, the news affiliates have their little cute, like, lifestyle shows. They they come on, um, you know, and then, of course, they, there's the, the traditional, like, news um, coverage of, like, you know, city, citywide issues. But really kind of going in depth and really kind of um, really getting a broad <clears throat> scope of, of like of what the what the community is concerned about and like what's what's happening in various sectors like we that's something that we strive to do you know we we strive to make sure that people have access to that type of media content you know and I, I guess we say people I mean viewers so you know the audience um, yeah you know so that's, and then so to, our our belief is that you know it. It it leads to a more informed, you know, uh, citizenship, you know, or, 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 or you know, community, you know, at large. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we really, that's that's yeah, that's that's our aim, you know. So you know, civic engagement is a is a is a very, um, it's a part of our mission, and um, so it's, it's you know, dem- democratic values and. Civic engagement and creative expressions are, are three things that we embrace, and um, you know I would have to say like the civic engagement piece is like the larger one. So, you know we really we really aim like to to help our members create content that 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 enable them to be like more civically engaged as communicators, but then mm-hmm. also what they're putting out is helping their audience be more civically engaged and so in tune to what's happening in the city. And the various perspectives of like looking at what's going on um, in, in throughout the city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think um, libraries and schools could learn um, from the way that you run your media literacy program? Hmm. Yeah, I think well, I mean, the one thing they can learn is is how to. And this kind of connects to, uh, I think, what I was saying earlier about um, what makes us a valuable partner for, like, working with social justice organizations is that, like, mm-hmm. 
people training, you know, um, mm-hmm. and like what are some of the best, you know, and affordable yet, you know, effective modes of um, creating media content, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think also like developing curriculum as well you know, is is one thing that it can, can benefit. I mean, because we've we've been, you know. We have curriculum, and we have a long, you know. And I say we, I'm I'm talking about the broader community media field has a long history of, you know, creating this curriculum, like like offering curriculum that teaches people, um, you know, basic media literacy, media production skills, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and is there any advice that you would give to an organization looking to start a new media literacy program? Um, I know it's a broad question. <laughs> I I would say to really think about the or to think about the um, the population that that it wants to serve. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. And if it's going to serve like a broader public, I mean, to really like take that into consideration, like when they're developing their curriculum and their program. Um, if they're trying to be like inclusive as possible, I know like you know a lot of people they they throw that term around nowadays, um, and and trying to be equitable, it's like they really need to understand what that means, you know, and not just use mm-hmm. those terms, and um, and, and understanding that through identifying other organizations that are really putting that into um into practice in good ways. So mm-hmm. I they really it they, they really should take that time to do that research, you know. Um and then also like learn to, you know, also understand of like the power of partnerships. Um I mean that may sound corny, but like understanding that yeah, there's other people out there who are um you know, who who can help them. You know, figure out how to um, serve serve the community in particular ways. You know, so if they don't have the skills to work with the population, so for example, like you know, if they're they want to do media literacy, but they want to work with um, you know an Im- immigrant community, you know, but they don't know how to to connect to that community, then it's like, well, you got to step one, figure out how to build a relationship with an organization or a collective that is trusted and rooted in that community. Um, and like forge the partnership so that it's the community and the media literacy organization working mutually together, and it's not this like as I as, as it's not this colonial approach where it's an organization just going to plop a program in a community to serve them because of a grant said they had to do so, you know, um, mm-hmm. or they were in grant dollars to serve this immigrant community, you know, yeah, that I I, I totally like think people need to like be mindful of that um and be mindful too that of, of that communities can have that perception you know and be skeptical about partnering um so mm-hmm. really taking the time to like yeah f- like be careful with building the relationships that they do um yeah to to advance projects i think is um there's, there's a little bit that's the deeper thing that's in there you know but yeah, yeah. So i think those those that's the major like points of you know advice that i would give Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that is all of my questions. But in wrapping up, is there anything that like you've been thinking about, but like didn't get to express in any of the questions? 
Um, so I guess when are you, you have you? Okay, I guess can I can I ask questions about like just the the research? Uh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I was just curious. Is like what other um, did you, you, what other types of like community media centers have you talked to? Have they just been like television, or they also included like they do radio or they? Um, they're all have, drawn from that. What is it? The the ACM. Yeah. The yeah, they're all organizations that were recommended to us by the Alliance for Community Media because of the work that they've been doing, like as being prominent. Um, and I believe we've narrowed now to um, programs that are built on the PEG stations, but also like they're not necessarily limited to that. Gotcha. So they all have the PEG. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, one other I don't I don't I don't know if this is like an institution, um but it is like it's a it's a I guess a category of like nonprofit services um that we've partnered well with is um so like I guess nonprofit organizations that like that provide di digital literacy. So there's something mm -hmm. called the Key Spots program that's here in Philadelphia, um, and a lot of this is like residuals of like the BTOP funding that happened years ago, and um, you know where people there was money that was and resources that were that were provided from the federal government to like yeah to outline to basically develop these computer hotspots throughout the city, and um, you know Philadelphia had that. <clears throat> And as a result, I mean, like, there's one organization in particular that we work with that's that's quite large. It's called People's Emergency Center, and um, mm -hmm. they do a lot of, you know, it's a health and human services organization, but they do a lot of digital literacy, you know, and um, meaning they have like computer labs and computer training classes and instructors. And um, there's another project. Home is another one. But People's Emergency Like Center, we we've partnered with them, where they're they've had like youth participating in a program that's come over, and use Philly Cam space to like learn develop like production skills, like digital media skills. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so there's this like, you know, and I think I mean People's Emergency Center is definitely like a Philadelphia institution. Um, mm -hmm. Then you have these smaller like you know key spots programs to that we, we we identify ourselves as being akin to because again it's like we're providing this the broader public um access to to information and, and an ability to learn how to get information you know yeah mm -hmm. yeah thank you okay um thanks so much uh for taking the time to do this um and please feel free to reach out to us if we have any other questions um, or you like, like, oh, no, I didn't answer. <laughs> I, like, thought of another answer. Um, just oh, okay. shoot us an email. Um, thank you so much.
Do you know when like all of this is like rolling out? Is it is it gonna be a um is there is it gonna be like I know you mentioned like, you know, conferences and, and, and such, you know, where there'll be you know, probably Colin will be presenting information, but like will there will there be like a a book or a white yeah. or I don't you know. We are hoping um, to submit to a journal that has, as of yet, not been chosen, um, and hoping to get that together. We're like, we're rushing the timeline on this because it's like much faster than you normally do it. But hopefully, by the end of the year, okay. um, be submitting um, to a journal um, that has, as of yet, okay, been, <laughs> has to be decided. So. Yeah, but we will definitely keep y'all in the loop okay. about that as it moves forward. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank well, you thank so you so much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You have a good day. All right. You too. Take care. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Why is it not? Come on.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.